Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth is in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. On earth is in heaven, right in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us. We forgive those ones who sinned against us. Forgive them, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come, Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done. Lord, in heaven, right in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Forgive us. We forgive the ones who sin against us. Forgive them. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. Forever and ever, the kingdom is yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. The kingdom, the power, the glory are yours. It's yours, it's yours, all yours, all yours. Forever and ever, all kingdoms are yours. Let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done. On earth is in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come, Father. Let your will be done. On earth is in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us. We forgive the ones who sin. Against us, forgive them. We must not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us, forgive us. We forgive the ones who sinned against us. Forgive them. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. The evil one, let your kingdom go. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generation. I know that you will keep your covenant. 
calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. Upon your faithfulness. I'm calling on the God of Mary. Whose favor rests upon the lowly. I know that with you all things are possible. I'm calling on the God of David, who made a shepherd boy courageous. I may not face good life, but I've got my own giants. Oh God, oh God, I need you. Oh God, oh God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness. You heard your children then. You hear your children now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You answered prayers back then, you answered prayers right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You were providing then, you are providing now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You moved in power then, you move in power now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You were a healer then, you are a healer now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You were our Savior then. the same God. Oh God, oh God, I need you. Oh God, oh God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness.
As always, it's good to be in the house of the living God. Can I get an amen? There's nowhere else I'd rather be than right here receiving what the Holy Spirit has for us today. I want you to go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, which is right before Revelations, before 1 and 2 and 3 John. Find chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 3 through 9. Once you find your place, if you don't have your place, you can fake it. Nobody's going to know it. Just stand for the reading of God's holy scriptures. I knew when I was first saved, I would look as best as I could to find, and I never could find the book, but I would just stand anyway, and like I knew exactly where it was, but I had no clue. You guys, what do y'all think about worship? I just want to talk about that for a minute before I even dive into this. What, what exactly is worship? Is, is, is worship just an act that we do on the outside, or does worship begin on the inside? It begins in the heart, hallelujah. When I think about worship, Always picture a ship. And in that ship, I always try to put what God is worth to me in that ship. And then I send it his way. Come on, amen. So, so when you come to church and you come to worship, think about that ship that's just waiting for you to send your best to him. And, and that's how we worship. That's why we worship God in spirit and truth. We, we don't want to just fill God with just our, our flesh, but we want to fill God with the best that we have, our spirits, our mind, and our souls, and just give God all that we have and just pour it out to him. You got your text this morning, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9, and we're going to read what the apostle Peter had to say. The Bible says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Everybody's ready to add to your faith? Goodness into goodness, knowledge into knowledge, self-control into self-control, perseverance, and perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Don't forget that. Don't forget you have been cleansed from your past sins. Everybody say hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the living God. There's no other God but you, Father, and we humble ourselves before you right now in the mighty name of Christ. Oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would fall fresh in this room. May the power fall fresh on your, your speaker, Lord, today. The man of God, I ask you would just bless him, Lord, and hide him behind the cross. that He may not boast in his flesh or anything that he's accomplished, but what you have done through him. For your strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Oh God, I just ask you to let the anointing fall on your people today. Lord, do not let us leave here the same way we came. Lord, we serve a supernatural God. We serve a powerful God. We serve a blessed God. We ask in the name of Jesus that that blessing today would touch the lives of every man and woman, boy and girl in this church today. And may we leave today being a blessing to those around us. Lord, save and deliver and set your captives free. In the mighty name of Jesus and God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Last week, as you know, if you were here, we began a brand new sermon series from these same verses, which is entitled, Through These and Through Them. This morning, I want you to turn to that neighbor this morning, if you have one, and say, neighbor, are you ready to go through these and through them? Because neighbor, you need them. Hallelujah. Now last week we spoke in detail on what these and them were, but, but, but you know a lot of times I don't rewind and I don't go backwards, but, but some reason the Holy Spirit says I want you to go from the beginning until I stop you, so I'm going to go all the way back. We're going to rewind. If you hear something that you heard before, I'm sorry, but God wants me to repeat myself. I remember my mom and dad would repeat themselves over and over until I got it. So I hope we get it this morning because I want you to know that, that through these and through them, you and I today will learn how to access the keys to the kingdom of God. You and I, we have something called the anointing of God in our lives, and that gives us the grace to access the keys that belong to God himself. The Bible says in Isaiah 22 and 22, speaking of the Christ himself, Isaiah prophesies about the Christ. He says, I will place on his shoulders the keys to the house of David. And what he binds, what he binds, everybody say what he binds. What he binds, I mean, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. 
In other words, if, if Jesus opens a door for your life today, there's not a devil in hell that can shut it. In other words, if you're needing healing in your body today, understand that once God opens that door, there's not a devil that can close it. Are you with me so far? Jesus said in Revelations 1 and 18, he said, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and I hold the keys of death and hell. And so he gives us a promise in Matthew 16 and 19. Listen carefully. I will give you. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So last week we started out with a simple question. Peter tells us that you and I, we must have, we need to have, we have to have something that the Bible refers to as the divine power of God, his divine power. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so we had to ask ourselves, what exactly is God's divine power? Can someone tell me what that was? We learned last week. Mm, almost. The Holy Spirit of God, God's divine power, his divine power. There's no other power like the power of God. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. So you and I, we must have, we have to have the divine power to hold the keys to the kingdom of God. Jesus said these words to his disciples before he left or after he left. He said, I am going to send to you. Luke 24 and 49, I'm going to send to you what my Father has promised. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when God said he's going to clothe you with power, that, that simply means I'm going to give you the mind of Christ. Everybody says, I have the mind of Christ. And that means I have the capability not to think like the world thinks, but think like God himself in holiness, in righteousness, and in truth. Are you with me so far? So we have to be clothed with, with power from on high. Paul says it like this in Romans 13 and 14. He said, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not what? Think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. You see, your old way of thinking will always think about how to gratify your flesh. But the Spirit will always think on the things of God. Are you with me so far? Acts 1 and 8, Jesus made a promise. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But listen carefully to this. Paul, y'all like this so far. Paul explains it to us this way, 1 Corinthians 4 and 20. He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. In other words, the kingdom of God is not just us talking, but, but there's power behind the word of God. In other words, when we stand to preach, just like me today, when I stand to preach, I'm not trusting in horses. 
I'm not trusting in chariots, but I'm trusting in the name that is above all other names. Because under the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Can I get an amen? Do you know today that there is power in the name of Jesus? And, 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 and that is what I'm talking about right now, the power in the name. Because at the name of Jesus, there's, there's every devil that trembles. At the name of Jesus, every curse and disease must go to where it belongs. And you and I have the authority and the power through the divine word, the divine power of God to tap into what belongs to us. God's not going to promise you something if it's not available to you. He's not going to say you can have this but never give you the keys. He says there, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind will be bound. And what you loose will be loosed. I know right now some of us needs to go ahead and bind the devil in our life because he's trying to bind you in your way of thinking, saying you can't make this, you can't do this. But let me say this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Why? Because the word of God tells us. If God be for me, who can be against me? That's what the Bible tells us. Those are our keys. Those are our promises. These are the words of God that he has given us to his children. Not a stranger, not an alien, but to his children, which is you and I. Hallelujah. And so the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is preaching, there is power in the house today. There's power to move mountains. There's power for people to be healed. There's power for everything that the promise of God has given us. There's power for it. Jesus said it like this in Luke 10, 18. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And I've given you authority. Everybody say he's given me authority. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Are you with me so far? And so the, this is exactly what made Jesus' preaching so much different than everybody else's. See, Jesus didn't just speak words. He knew the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. What are they? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, come on, amen. We know the first five books, but you see, you can know the first five books from A to Z. But if you just know the word, but you don't know the power behind the word, it will not affect anybody the way it needs to. I, I don't want to preach in just knowledge. I want to preach in power. I want power behind what I'm saying. That's what made Jesus so different because he didn't just speak the word of God. He had the power, divine power behind his words. In other words, that's why he saw signs, miracles, and wonders because his knowledge was way beyond the knowledge of man. His knowledge was tapping into the Father. The Father was the power of all things, the power to create. He knew how to speak to the storms of his life and just by simply saying, peace, be still. And by saying those words, the water, the nature, everything below him had to obey. Why? Because he was walking in something that you and I have access to today. Are you with me so far? Luke 4 and 36, the Bible says, all the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching? They're talking about Jesus. 
What is this teaching with authority and power? He gives orders to evil spirits and they come out of him. Come on, amen. That's power. When you can speak to the devil and he obeys you. Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew 22 and 29. Jesus simply said these words to the Pharisees. He says, you are in error. He says, because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. See, it's what he's saying is, listen, you don't know them. and You don't know the word of God. Who is the word of God? I'm sorry. Jesus. You don't know the word. If you knew the word, you would know me. I and the Father are one. Come on, amen. You can't separate me from the Father because we are one. I do what my Father asked me to do on this earth. I do his will because we are in unity. We are in agreement. We are in step with one another. And so you and I, through the power of the divine power, the Holy Spirit, we have access to walk in step with the Spirit of God. The Bible said those who are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Are you with me so far? And so we learned last week that it was through his divine power that he gives us the grace to understand his divine word, which is the scriptures. Because you see, without the Holy Spirit, without the divine power of God, you can never understand the Word of God ever. In fact, if without the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is foolishness to those who are perishing. That's why the gospel is foolishness to so many, because they do not have the Spirit of God giving them discernment. Paul says it like this, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And so when someone like myself preaches the cross to the people who are saved, we're like, yes, the cross. Because we know without the cross, we have no hope. But when the world hears the message on the cross, they say, man, that stuff is just foolishness. That's just another necklace. That's just another decoration on the wall. That cross don't mean nothing. Wrong. Without the cross, we have no hope. Are you with me so far? The, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for those who are being saved, it is the power of God. You know, I think about the temptation of Christ. So many people today, when, when they're feeling overwhelmed, when they're feeling defeated, when they're going through a trial or tribulation, they, 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 they'll call me. And I'm going to ask you, if you call me, I'm going to ask you this question. What are you standing on? If you get silent on her, that, that means you're not standing on nothing that can help you. So I'm, I'm trying to prepare you now because you're going to finally have to call me. Pastor, I need prayer. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to pray for you, but I want to ask you a question. What are you standing on? I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. You have to have your weapon, weaponry in order. 
You have to have the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Come on, amen. You have to be prepared for when the battle does come. When Jesus, who was led into the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, when he is led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. In other words, God will lead you into a place of testing. And once he is in the wilderness after 10 days, no, not 20 days, not 30 days, but after 40 days of fasting, he is starved to death. The enemy will come not when you're at your strongest. He will come when you're at your weakness. And he comes to Christ and said, if you are the son of God, command this stones to be bread. Jesus said, it is written. Everybody said it's written. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is written, thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. It is written, worship the Lord God and serve him only. Everything that Jesus used was just the word of God. He didn't have to pick up stones. He didn't have to grab a a shield, but, but he grabbed what he had, and that was the word of God, and it was sufficient to send the devil running. These right here are our keys. And, and, and the only way you can understand this is that you have to learn about your keys. Because if you go to the workplace and you put the wrong key in the door, I can promise you it will not open. I remember years ago, I was wore out going to work at Atmos, and, and I, grabbed, I grabbed my credit card. I'm looking for my card to get in the door, and I just like, deep, deep, deep. I'm like, what is wrong with this card? I had the wrong key. It wouldn't move. It just kept showing red, 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 red. Listen, you got to use the right word for the right situation. Are you with me so far? And so our focus today through the divine power and his divine word will always take us to the word of God. Understand the Holy Spirit will not lead you anywhere but to the word of God. If someone comes to you with a strange word that's not in the Bible, don't take it to the heart because it's not from God. God only speaks his word. Everybody said he only speaks his word. The Bible says this. John 4 and 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship God fleshly. Why? Because God delivered our flesh. Come on, amen. I have to approach God for who he is. I don't worship God flesh. My flesh cannot bring the worship. I get inside. Where my spirit man lives. When I'm talking about worship earlier here, listen, I got to get in it. Oh, pastor, you're too loud on those drums. I'm not thinking about you. Because the moment I grab the sticks and I hear the little rhythm come on, you guys fall off. Because all of a sudden, my focus, it goes from point A to point B. I may be too loud for you, but I can promise you, I'm breaking down walls. I'm tearing down strongholds that the devil trying to set up against me and my family. Are you seeing? And sometimes the Bible says, you know, praise God with a loud symbol. Come on, amen. Get, get excited about the word of God. It's the word of God that sets us free, neighbor. And we have to learn through these keys how to break down the walls, tear down everything the enemy's trying to bring against us. We need to prepare our minds for action. 
and be self-controlled. Are you with me so far? I want you to hear these words because God will always lead us to his word. Listen to this. Exodus 4, 11 and 12. This is what God said to Moses. The Lord said to Moses, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who makes him blind or gives him sight? Is it not I, declare the Lord? Now go, I will help you to speak and teach you. Everybody said he will teach us. He would teach you what to say, Luke 12 and 12. For the Holy Spirit would teach you at that time what you should say, Luke 21 and 15. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Acts 6 and 10, speaking of Stephen, it said, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. Jesus said in John 16, verse 13 and 14, but when he, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truths. Are you with me? He will guide you into what? All truths. And he will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Listen. He will bring glory to me by taking from that which is mine and making it known to you. That's why I say, if someone comes to you with something different than the Bible, leave, flee, run. Because the Holy Spirit only speaks the word of God. But here's the main key from last week. I ain't got to this week. We may just keep on last week. I like it, man. It's good stuff. The main key from last week is, it, is this. Through, through them and through these, through the divine power, through the divine word, Faith in divine power, faith in the divine word, we have access to walk in something that nobody hardly hears about anymore, and it's called the divine nature of God. Now, honestly, who wants to walk in the divine nature of God? I, two of us, three of four, come on. We all should want to walk in the divine nature of God because this is the opposite of the sinful nature. If you find yourself stumbling and you did something that you, man, I can't believe I did that, that's because you were walking in the sinful nature. When I said what I shouldn't said, that means it was my flesh, it was my sinful nature that I was trusting in. It's the divine nature of God it's what Jesus walked in daily. This was set him apart because he didn't walk in our nature. He walked above our nature. Remember last week I talked about how he walked on water and based on what Christ was doing, he was walking on top of law. And so if there's something called the law of sin and death, guess what? He's given us power to walk on top of it through the divine nature of Christ. Listen to what Billy Graham said in his book called Peace for Each Day. I read it this week. Billy Graham said these words, we must have the nature of God. To live the life of God, we must have the nature of God. I'll say it again. To live the life of God, we must have the nature of God. And this new nature that we're talking about, the divine nature of God, it, it begins. Everybody said it. it's a seed. It's just a seed. It's a little tiny seed that was planted in you the very moment that you gave your life to Christ. It all began. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a 
New creation. In other words, this brand new seed, this, this living seed, not dead, but living, is planted inside of you now. I have uh, access to the divine nature, but, but I've got to grow it. I got to develop this nature, otherwise I will live a defeated life. Peter says in our text, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and glory and goodness so that through these he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's your evil desires that causes you to stumble. And so now we come to our text today. Verse 5. Peter says, for this very reason, make every effort. Everybody said, make every effort. I, I didn't hear you. Make what? Make every effort. In other words, do everything that you can, possibly, physically, naturally, spiritually, any way that you can get this. Make every effort to add to your faith. We're going to add to our faith today. Add to your faith goodness and the goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and the self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's telling us, listen, if you're ineffective, unproductive in your walk, it's because you're not adding to that little faith that you have. I've got to add to it. I've got to add to what God has, has given me. I remember in school, it, it all started with one plus one equals, that's where you answer. Two, oh, now is that too hard? Let's slow down. One plus zero is what? All right, I threw that out to see if I could throw somebody out. One, I'm sorry, Sammy. I was trying to get Sammy. One plus one equals two. Anytime that you add to something, it begins to multiply. And so God is not trying to trick us. He's saying, listen, this is how I want you to grow in your walk with me. I want you to begin adding to what you have. And so we're going to begin by adding to our faith something called, I forgot where it was. We'll get to it in a minute. Let's come back to this. Let's stop and think about what is faith. Because if we got to add to it, we need to know what we're adding to. In other words, we got to know what we have. Faith, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is, everybody say faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because those who come to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so God has given us all something called faith. Faith is a measure that every man in this entire world has. There's not one man, there's not one woman, there's not one boy or girl that does not have faith to believe. How do you know that, Pastor? Because the Bible says that God so loved the God is not willing that anyone should perish, 
but everyone to come to repentance. And so in order for everyone to be saved, God had to give every man a measure of faith. And understand that faith is not something that you earn. Faith is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace. Everybody says by grace. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God so that no flesh may boast before him. Romans 12 and 3. We see the measure of faith. By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. It takes just a little faith, not great faith, the size of a mustard to believe in the gospel, and you shall be saved. I don't know much, but I know all, all I know that this man named Jesus came to this earth, born of a virgin, died on a cross, and on the third day rose the scriptures. Come on, rose from the dead according to scriptures. I believe that. And that's all it took to save me. I put my faith in what he did. And that's enough right there. If you know that right there, you know enough to be saved. But God does not want us to stay right there. Because many people are coming to church still in their diaper, still sucking on the milk. I've been feeding a goat for two weeks now. It's, it, it's, it's overwhelming. Every three hours. Come on, amen. But, but you know what? Kind of in the same way every Sunday I'm doing the same thing. Because I'm trying to get the milk to you. Boy, I mean, you ought to see a goat go for the milk. If we can learn... To get as hungry as those goats can get. Them jokers will knock the bottle out of the Come on, amen. Come on. And, and, and so I want us to get hungry. The Holy Spirit wants you to get hungry for the Word of God. And, and that means I will knock anything out of my way in order to get that. And so the Holy Spirit today is trying to show, listen, I've given you faith to believe. I want you to add to your faith. And so there's, there's things that we add to our faith to make it grow. First of all, you make your faith grow by listening and hearing the word of God. Kristen has a friend. She says, you know, it, it sounds foolish, but I don't just buy the book. I buy the audio as well. Because I like to listen to it. And I thought to myself, she just don't know. She does not realize what she's actually doing. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, when I'm in my prayer room, nobody's in there but me and the Holy Spirit. I'm not reading like this. No, no. I'm speaking it loudly to my ears. Faith cometh by not reading, but faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, and hearing. So the, the more I read, the louder I get, the more I hear it. My spirit man is coming alive. When, when, I, when I'm up here preaching, I'm preaching the word of God. You guys begin to grow. I can watch you grow in your seat. You come in beat up and wore out and tired, but all of a sudden you, you, you forget all about that because all of a sudden your spirit man, your spirit woman is starting to get excited. You, you've been dead all week, but now you're like, yes, I'm going to walk through some walls. Hallelujah. The Word of God has power. Are you with me so far? 
And so we're going to begin today by looking at the seven different attributes that God has called us to add. And we start with number one, which is goodness. Now, the reason we want to walk in goodness is because goodness is the opposite of badness. It's easy to walk in bad. Even Michael Jackson said, I'm bad. Come on. It's easy to walk in badness. But you know what? There's, there's a little source of power in badness. And that's why many people tap into it. It's easy to get that power because that power comes from the devil. The devil wants you to use bad. Because bad is what happened when, when, when Moses walked up to Pharaoh and he told Aaron, throw down the staff. Aaron grabbed the staff, threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Then all of a sudden, the magicians stepped up on Pharaoh's team. And they threw down their little staffs, and they became snakes. And so, it's try- so the enemy's trying to make God look foolishness. Now there's three snakes against one snake. But what did God do? By the power of God, God swallowed up, swallowed up the power of the devil. Say it to yourself. I have the power to swallow up the enemy. Think about it. Yeah, he's got power, but his power is small compared to what we have. Amen. And so we begin this morning with something called goodness. I want you to add to your faith goodness. Some translation uses the word virtue. And what that word means, virtue and goodness, simply means this. It means a behavior which is higher with higher morals than everyone else. Walking in high moral values. This week on Facebook, I saw a post. And this woman said uh, she had a picture of her husband and he's holding a beer. And she said these words, real man drink this beer. And I'm thinking, why does she post it? Then I realized it has to, has to do with the Bud Light. Because, you know, they got, now they got a gay beer, right? Okay. And so, but I thought to myself, you know what? No. A real man is not going to drink beer. Why is that? Because a real man of God would not want to cause anyone to stumble or to fall. I could go right now, leave church, go get me a six-pack and drink it. I don't even know what a beer tastes like, but if I wanted one, I could. And I wouldn't go to hell for it. Because it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean, it's what comes out of it. But, but what I'm saying is, I would not want to drink something in front of anybody else that could cause them to stumble or fall. I don't know who has an addiction with alcohol. And they say, well, pastor's drinking cold, well, let's all have one. See? If you want to get a picture of a man of God, take a picture of someone who says no. No to ungodly. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says it like this, Ephesians 5 and 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What's God want you to be filled with? The Spirit. He don't want you to get filled with wine or beer because it, it will cause you to fall into debauchery. And you say, Pastor, what is debauchery? Debauchery is simply satisfying the desires of your sinful nature. The more you drink, the more you want to satisfy. Come on, amen. I've been there once, twice. 
David says, Psalms 23 and 6, the King James Version. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will not dwell in the house of evil. Is that right? Did I say that wrong? I don't think so. Didn't feel right. Let me back up. Okay. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. On the right hand, I have mercy. On this right hand, I have goodness. I use these two to walk together with the Spirit of God. I'm adding to my faith goodness, virtue. Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 9, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So once we add this to our faith, we begin to go to the number two, which is knowledge. This is interesting. I'm going to have to stick with my notes on this one. It's a little bit over my head. Knowledge in the Greek language is the word gnosis. Gnosis is where we get the word narcissism. Narcissism is a group of religious people who only believe what they can understand. It has nothing to do with faith at all. It's all about the science and, and the knowledge of whatever. And that's what they put their faith in. But it's not about faith. It's all about what they know. The Pharisees had a great, great knowledge of the Word of God, but they didn't know the Word of God. You see, we, we have a difference because we're not trusting in anything but the Word of God. But God says, I want you to add some knowledge to your faith. So how do we do that? Well, Paul tells us, 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study. Everybody says, I need to study. Study and show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen to what Solomon says. Who is Solomon? Solomon is the wisest man ever lived on this earth besides Christ. Proverbs 1 and 7. He says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, until you come to that place of fearing God, you're not ever really tapping into the knowledge of God. Because the more you fear God, the more you know God. The more you know about God, the more you will fear God. In other words, the more I learn about God, the more I learn not to put the Lord God to the test. Does that make sense? And so once I begin to understand, putting all this in my mind, and all of a sudden I'm understanding that, you know what? God does not play games. Thou shalt not put the Lord God to the... Yeah. God shall not be mocked. A man shall reap what he sows. We forget that one all the time, don't we? I mean, I, I've sowed some bad seeds. I'm like praying, Lord, I'm playing for a great plow. A plow to break up these seeds. Unroot them, Lord. Because <laughs> I deserve death, hell, and the grave. But fear will cause you to get in this word and study it. 
and understand what he's called me to live, how to live. And so when I learn, I start getting knowledge about God's word, then I come to number three, which is self. Everybody say self-control. You mean I've got to learn to control myself? Man, this is where it gets hard right here. Self-control. Let's start with Solomon again. Wisdom man. Proverbs 25 and 28. Can I finish this? Like a city whose walls are torn down is a man who lacks self-control. In other words, if you have no self-control, then you're basically giving the enemy full access into your life because there's no walls to prevent him from coming in and destroying you. In other words, when you listen to self and it controls you, it's like saying, you know what, I'll tear the walls for you, Mr. Devil. Now come on in, into my family, into my workplace, into whatever, and just have your way. No, no, no. I want the walls up. The walls, the protection of God's word. I want those walls. And I want to build them tall and I want to build them through knowledge. Are you with me? I'm building these powerful walls to keep the enemy out because if he comes in, he has one purpose. To steal, kill, and destroy. Now listen to this. If you look in the Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we know this. It's speaking of something called the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Self-control. Now, I'm not sure if the order means anything. For some reason, I feel that the order of the fruit of the Spirit has a purpose. Because if I'm going to build a house, I've got to build my foundation with the first one, which is what? Love. I have to start with love. It all starts with what? Love. But if I build a phenomenal house, Roger, and I mean it's f- crazy, it's phenomenal. But if I, if I cut corners on the roof, which is the last part, then everything that I built will crumble and fall because I didn't put a good roof on it. So I can, I can start with love, but I got to end with self-control. I've got to learn to control myself. And that's sometimes it's when you're walking down the road saying, devil, get behind me. I'm talking to myself. The devil's trying to tell you to do wrong. The devil's trying to tell you what to say and you know not to say it. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't talk about others. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to talk about other people. But no, 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 no. Self-control. I got to control this tongue. This tongue gets me in a lot of trouble. I say things I shouldn't say. I should just be quiet. That's the best thing you can start with is your tongue. And so we move to number four. This is where we're going to close. Perseverance. Perseverance. Now, y'all don't laugh at me, but this is my definition. I didn't look this up. I just asked myself, what do I think that perseverance is? So I said, perseverance is the heart behind the man or woman who is persistent in doing good through difficulties despite their difficulties. Come on, amen. That's a pretty good definition. And so basically, if you're going through a struggle, if you want to hear a good song, this morning I sent this song to John and his wife. I said, listen, 
This song is all about perseverance. This is all about going through impossible, difficulty times. We wrote this song, Stain Red. It's called, I Won't Give In. That song didn't come because I had one surgery. After 12 spinal surgeries, basically learning how to rewalk, come on, doing everything new again. After going through all that, God lays this song, and Diamond J writes the music. It, it, it's, it's like one of the best songs we have. But if you have trouble, if you're going through something, sit down and listen to this because this, this song is about someone who's been there, Carl. Listen to the words. Listen to what God has spoken through me as a man of God through this song. You have a friend who's going through something, you don't know what to say, send them this song. I'm not trying to get on the charts. It's not about that. I'm trying to help people to go through it because we have to persevere. That means the more we go through it, the stronger we become. You got to help your neighbor. You got to be your brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. We are our brother's keeper. It's my job to take care of you. It's my job to help you up. When you stumble and you fall, it's not my job to cut you down, to put you down, to hold you down, and to kick you once you're down. No, my job as a Christian, Christanios, a child of the living God, is to do the things that Christ did for me when I came to the cross trembling and shaking because I knew what I'd done in the past. So if I could just have that attitude that these people need to learn how to persevere. Let's go to the book of James. James 1, 2 through 4. James says, consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be complete and mature, not lacking anything. Listen, Diamond. God is trying to complete you. Man, if you get anything today, walk out of this door and say, you know what? God's trying to complete me. In other words, you're like a cake in the oven, and you need to cook a little longer. Your cookie is not ready. Come on, amen. He wants you to come out crispy and tasty. So what does he do? He turns up the heat. Woo, it's getting hot in here. Yeah, it's going to get hotter. Why? Because he wants to teach us how to persevere, how to endure. Listen to this. Back in 1910, President Howard Taft, he visited this, this, this great lab, and, and they're showing him what they were doing to, to find a cure for cancer. He saw all that they were doing, so he left and he said, I'm going to make an announcement. And he said, in five years, we will be taking cancer off the list of all maladies. Well, it's been over a century, and we're still fighting, fighting to find the cure. But let me say this. When a scientist, he tries to get a cure for something, and he fails, he don't quit. Why? Because life is depending on him to do his job. Wait a minute, let's rewind. Life is depending on you to do your job. Life is depending on you to do 
what you're called to do. I have to persevere. I had to go through my sicknesses. I had to go through my trials and tribulations in order to accomplish God's will. Perfect. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to win. I'm going to overcome. I will not give in. I'm going to persevere so when I come through, the Bible says I will be shining like stars in the universe. Stars. We went out last night. I don't know if y'all heard it, but it was like boom, boom. I said there's a war going on. We better go see what's going on. Chris had my hand tight. We went outside. We couldn't see nothing. I'm like, I don't know what it is. Every time we turn on the movie, boom. Finally, she saw it in the distance. Fireworks. I'm thinking, man, them are some sound waves to shake my house. Boom. But God says, you know what? I want to shake you. I want to shake you. I want to shake you with something you can't see. I want to shake your house. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I want to shake your house. He's sending forth his word even now to shake you, Don. And Don, that's Don 1 and Don 2. It's not who's the best, it's who came first. Don one and Don two. Both new friends. But God's saying, listen, I want to shake your house. I'm going to shake your house. And I'm going to keep sending that loud explosion until you hear it, until you find out where it's coming from. And once you find out where it comes from, I want you to tap into that power. I've given you divine power. I've given you my divine word. I've given you access to everything I have on this earth. I've given you the keys. Where's your keys? I can't go nowhere without my... Yeah, sexy keys. <laughs> yeah, i got to have my keys. What are my keys? My keys is the Word of God. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and what you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. And what you loose on earth, I will loose in heaven. God says, if you'll speak it, if you'll believe it, if you'll say it, I'll send for my word, I'll heal and I will deliver. Because my power is unending, it's divine. It's not even of this world. God's not sitting there worrying about your sickness. He's waiting on some men and women of God to say, you know what? I'm sick of the lies of the devil. And I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to stand on the truth. And I'm going to believe to the very end. We had a meeting out here the other night on the porch. A couple of our guys have been getting kind of down at work. It gets hard, don't it? I said, you know what? We can't give up. Because we have a great calling on our lives. And, and when you struggle with work, you struggle with your bills, you struggle with this and that, just remember who's for you. And so we take our focus. 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I can't look at my pain, my problems, and my struggles. 
I look to the one who delivers me. Here's what I said to my friend Jothus on the way home. We got in my driveway and I said, Jothus, what iron? He don't call me iron, he just calls me iron, like I'm an iron. He's right, because every Sunday I'm ironing my clothes. I am Iron Man. But he said, Iron, what is it? I said, you know, your problem is you. What do you mean? I said, you don't have to go to work. You get to go to work. You don't have to work hard for those children at home. You get to. You don't have to be in a Christian rock band. You get to, man. If we'll change or have to to get to. Everything changes because our focus is not on ourselves, but our focus is on on Him. I get to praise God. I don't have to go to church Sunday. I get to. I don't have to preach. I get to. I get to, man. This is what I desire. This is what I live for. I live for the Christ. The living God is inside of you saying, wake up. I've given you the keys. Speak life. Speak blessings. Speak prosperity. Let's all stand. Sometime I just want to leave my paper at home and just preach from the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, what would happen? I'm chicken. Man, I'm like gripping that paper, Sammy. You ask Sammy. When you step up here, neighbor, it's like, it's like you just got out, you got on the mound for the first time, and you're throwing your first ball in a professional baseball game. That's how you feel, like everybody's watching you. But if we'll tap into the power, if we tap into the word, If we tap into the keys that belong to us, there's not a devil in hell that can kill you. Denise says, I don't even know what to say sometimes because everything I say in negativity keeps coming back. Keep sowing faith. You can't make the seed get in the ground. You can keep planting it. They keep digging up, keep trying to put it back in there. Because it seems like some people, they know that life is right on the other side, but they choose the alternative. we got to choose life. Even if they won't, we have to keep choosing it. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray in the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. I'm praying beyond the friendship. I'm praying the grace of God upon you, O man of God. I believe by faith that God is going to begin today. Not tomorrow, today. I I, I see you take, I'm going to take a little nap. And you're going to wake up and you're going to feel refreshed. And God says, now begin. I'm going to do new things in your life. I'm going to use you supernaturally, way beyond your own understanding.
I believe that God has chose you, chosen you, predestined you, and set you apart for a time such as this. There's nobody in the entire world that knows what you know. No one has your gift because God gave you the gift. He says, now I want you to take that gift I've given you and use it for my glory. If that means we have to hide behind our amps on stage, that's fine. We'll hide. But we're going to learn to, to worship in spirit and in truth. God's going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. And only he knows what that is. But you know you're at the doorway of new things. I got faith to believe. I'm going to take my, my faith key and I'm going to open up this door and I'm going to step into a doorway of new beginnings. And once you step in it by faith, all of a sudden, all the fear, all the wickedness, everything that's struggling against you right now will begin to fall off of you. Because when you walk by faith, the enemy cannot hang on to you. Okay? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these godly people. I thank you for a godly wife. I thank you for a godly friend named Roger. Roger, I missed him for years. And the moment he walked in that morning, my heart just jumped like the baby in Elizabeth's womb. Because I know that God's hand is on your life. And just remember, he's going to keep turning up the heat because you ain't ready yet. You're getting ready. You're getting close. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to add godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, self-control. I'm going to add all this to my faith. I want my faith to grow to new levels today. Father, in the name of Jesus, holy God, I just ask right now, you go with your people. Bless them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let us leave today saying, what then shall we say in response to this? If God be for us, who can be against us? We leave with that word. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. And there's no sickness, there's no death that can come against me because I'm walking in life and truth. Go with your people now in the mighty name of Christ and bless them from the north, south, east, and west. In Jesus' name, and God's people said amen and amen.